If I asked you how many nonprofits there are in the town or city you live in, I guarantee you would underestimate. I argue that way too often nonprofits are hidden gems, the best kept secrets in our society. Well, if you ask me if it's a gem, it shouldn't actually be hidden. And nonprofits are gems, an essential ingredient to community building. And by the way, in a city of over 300,000 people, that is one hell of a big job. I wanted to explore the impact of the nonprofit sector on a big city. So speaking of big jobs, I asked Mayor Ross Baraka to join me today. He is the mayor of Newark, New Jersey. Read about his accomplishments, and there are many, and you'll know that before he even starts talking, that this is a man who believes in the power of community and the power of partnerships. Way too often, nonprofits are short-sighted. They think of the big fish around them, corporations, government, as funders, or as in some cases, the bad guys. What if we just all thought of ourselves as partners? What could that make possible? Mayor Ross Baraka is about to tell us. Greetings and welcome to Nonprofits Are Messy. I'm your host, Joan Gary, founder of the Nonprofit Leadership Lab, where we help smaller nonprofits thrive. I'm also a strategic advisor for executive directors and boards of larger nonprofits. I'm a frequent keynote speaker, a blogger, and an author on all things leadership and management. You can learn more at joangary.com. I think of myself as a woman with a mission to fuel the leadership of the nonprofit sector. My goal with each episode is to dig deep into an issue I know that nonprofit leaders are grappling with by finding just the right person to offer you advice and insights. Today is no exception. Ross J. Baraka is the 40th mayor of the city of Newark, New Jersey. Elected in 2014, Baraka has served as mayor for nearly a decade. He's a Newark native whose family has lived in the city for more than 80 years. Mayor Baraka's progressive approach to governing has won him accolades from grassroots organizations to the White House. With a forward-thinking agenda that reduced crime to its lowest levels in five decades, addressed affordability while maintaining steady growth, lowered unemployment, returned local control of schools after more than two decades, Baraka has defied expectations since taking office in 2014. Mayor Baraka's futurist agenda has included the implementation of a groundbreaking partnership called Hire, Buy, Live Newark, a program that marks the first time that any U.S. city has sought to transform its economy by combining employment, procurement, and residential strategies. Mayor Baraka is recognized nationally as a thought leader in the space of urban revitalization and his commitment to reducing crime in Newark, reimagining public safety, tackling the city's housing crisis, and developing innovative and community-driven approaches to eliminating income inequality has solidified his status as one of the country's most progressive elected officials. Thank you, Mayor Baraka, for your work on behalf of the city of Newark and all of us who live here in the state of New Jersey. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So, Mayor Baraka, I believe that nonprofits are vital and possibly undervalued for the power and influence they have in our society. I think they turn towns into neighborhoods and residents into neighbors. I wonder if you agree and how you've seen that come to life in a city of over 300,000 people. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. That is more than true. Especially during COVID, we learned that many of the things that we were trying to do as government was almost impossible to get done 
without the insistence and assistance of nonprofit organizations in our community, whether it's getting messages out, making sure we were translating language to, to parts of the community that could not engage with city government. We were able to go into households that we would never be able to reach as government to tell people about vaccinations, to tell people about testing, to give people basic information in a place where everybody is not have social media. More than half of the residents don't own cars. And it became crucial for us to lean on the organizations that had a foundation in the very neighborhoods that we were trying to reach. And those nonprofits helped us do that. Without them, the work that we've done, we've done during that period would have been impossible to do. And besides that, you know, just, you know, the neighborhoods that have strong, stable nonprofits in them, development corporations, social service agencies, a nonprofit in those communities are better off because of them. So we rely on nonprofit organizations for everything in this city, from schooling and education to food distribution to, you know, teaching people about the city services and government to job training, everything. Yeah. So there's nothing that we could do without them. It's interesting. I, having coached CEOs and worked with nonprofits during the pandemic, it's kind of stunning the extent to which our society, and as you made the point there, city government relied on nonprofits, that they were needed more than ever before, and frankly, were probably under-resourced or constrained more than ever before. It seems it seems to me that there's this sort of bizarre juxtaposition, is that the more you need a nonprofit, the, the, the less likely they are to be fully resourced to meet that need. Right, right, right. Even the smaller kind of nonprofit organizations that dealt with health care and health delivery services helped us tremendously, you know, setting up small shops to do the things that the larger things that we usually think about could not achieve. Mayor, do you think that that there were aha moments for New York City government coming out of COVID in terms of its relationship with the nonprofit sector sure. in Newark? And, and maybe you could just sort of kind of, you know, I think for many people, it was an aha moment to see that nonprofits weren't these hidden gems, but were in fact sort of leading in the, in the pandemic. And I just wondered if it shifted attitudes or how you, or behaviors in terms of how you thought about nonprofits as partners in this sort of post-pandemic world. Absolutely. In fact, the, the most salient point is that, you know, government is this kind of big, awkward kind of difficult object to move around easily. Nonprofits are nimble and flexible and they can get into places that we can't get into. Right. And collectively, they represent a larger and more real kind of idea of what the community is really like. So but ultimately, us funding nonprofits during COVID and partnering with them to get things done really changed how we look at the delivery of service, period, in terms of partnering with nonprofits throughout every kind of thing that we want to do to make sure we have a deeper reach into the community, more specific and direct opportunity to talk to neighbors and get things accomplished that we can't really, really make happen. We can always do this big, broad approach and hope we hit as many people as we can. But when we partner with nonprofits, we actually become more particular and more poignant about the things that we want to do and where they actually end up. So we're doing that now with violence prevention. We're, we're, we're doing that with, with, with some of our other healthcare kind of proposals and notions that we're trying to 
put delivery of service and healthcare in particular neighborhoods and particularly particular communities. We're, we're doing that with that, and we're, we're doing that with recreation and all kinds of other things. So the things that we can accomplish, we partner with nonprofits and fund them to do the work that they've been doing for a very long time without the resources. It strikes me in reading about you and your history and your, you know, and having been in the trenches of Newark and your family for so long, that you have a pretty keen understanding and passion for hearing the voices of the community members, those neighbors in those neighborhoods that we talked about. Right. No, absolutely. We, it's, 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 it's the only real way that you can get your bearing, right, to, to understand where you actually are, especially in, in this thing, you know, there's a lot of cloudiness, confusion and noise. And in order to get your bearing, you have to really uh, have a relationship and attachment to people in these communities and, and hear their voices. Or you'll be listening to, you know, headlines and poll data and all this other kind of stuff. And you really get lost in the middle of all of this, if you don't hear the voice of somebody's grandmother in their living room telling right. you really what's going on. Exactly. I heard you use the word partner. I heard you use the word funding. And I, I was curious about your observations about how nonprofits think about city government in Newark or how they should be thinking about them, perhaps, right? I often think that nonprofits have a are so resource-constrained that every interaction they have with a government official or a private partner or any of those is about how can you actually, you know, sort of increase my financial resources. And I wonder if you experience nonprofits in that, of course, you experience them in that way, but how should they think about working with city government, right? If they think about city government as simply a potential checkbook, I think there's missed opportunities. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've dealt with nonprofits that are just have just started or trying to start to ones that have been in existence for 50 years. You know, people that are trying to get together in terms of building a nonprofit from the ground up because they are actually doing the work. And but in order to get the resources to further their work, they need the all of the infrastructure and they just don't know they don't have that. And so sometimes engaging city government can also help you uh, get the the kind of uh, technical support and strategic support that you need in order to to you know, build a stronger foundation for your nonprofit, you know, create the kind of other relationships that you need to have with other people, introduce you to other folks can be a conduit from for you to go from one kind of level that you are to an, another kind of level. And it's, it's not always about money. It's, all, it's also about people. It's about information. It's about all these other places that you can be, you know, sometimes just a conference that the city is putting together. You should probably be there uh, so you can, you know, get, grab a relationship with somebody else that would be more beneficial to you than a relationship that you'd have with the city any day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the other thing that's really interesting about the conference piece of it, Mayor, is that nonprofits have a lot to teach, right? They right. have a lot to share. It's it's like when I coach a CEO and they're talking about even like foundations, right, is you have as much to teach that program officer at that foundation as that foundation has to provide you with the resources. It'll make them a smarter 
And, and the right. same is true in city government, is that if you share your expertise widely in the community, right, the, the sort of the ripple effect of that is quite significant in terms of sharing your expertise about that particular element of the sector in Newark with a broader range of people. Right. No, I, I agree. It helps people like city government, folks in city government, to kind of focus their, their resources and funding in the areas they need to focus in and be able to extrapolate data from you that helps us have a greater understanding of what the problems are uh, exactly, and which gives, gives us the opportunity to get closer and closer to the solution to those problems as well. So they, they get to test the waters for government, and sometimes we don't have the opportunity to do that. And when they do that, they can give us information based on their journey. I often see in you know larger communities and cities this notion that there's kind of a three-legged stool of government and private private partners right. and nonprofits, and that a, that a city is arguably, and you tell me, but arguably stronger when those three legs of the stool are in relationship. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the things that we get done quicker are done when those three things are operating in tandem worked for a number of years with Henry Donahue, who is the CEO of Save the Music. And he worked with Newark city government and private partners to really create a very vibrant program and sort of change the landscape right. around music in schools and have seen firsthand what that looks like when those, when those stool legs are working together. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I, before becoming somewhat of a champion and evangelist for the nonprofit sector, I ran an LGBTQ or, uh, advocacy organization for about 10 years called GLAD. We often didn't make friends in government. We pushed them to do more, to change policies. And I always thought that outside voices were important and powerful. And I, so you've talked about, you know, social services and education. Let's talk about advocacy for a moment. What's your approach to organizations with loud voices that are doing their job by being pushing for change, being what some might say highly critical of your administration? I'm guessing that there have been at least one or two in this last 10 years. <laughs> sure, absolutely. You know, and, and, and I think that those organizations are part of what makes democracy rich right? and gives us the opportunity to challenge the notion, the notions that we have and the things that we think are working, right? Uh, it gives us the opportunity to kind of juxtapose that against what people are saying and, and, and what they think is happening. And, and if you have to pivot, it allows you to pivot, right? And I think it's important uh, to hear people's voices and, and, and allow those spaces to uh, be available for folks to, to do that. And we deal with, like, so there are nonprofits that we work with uh, whether it's Ironbound Community Corporation or Southwell Promise Neighborhoods or UVSO or La Casa de Don Pedro or, or folks like that who push us all of the time, environmental organizations who push us to do more, to do better. A lot of people might not look like look look at them as partners, but I do. I look at those organizations as partners because there are some things that they can say outright that sometimes we can't say outright. Right. <laughs> And, and and they can do it and get away with it uh, without a reporter sticking a, a microphone in their face. They, they can get that done and gives us really the latitude 
to be able to do the things that we really need to do. It gives us the support, the backdrop to kind of create the things that we need to create. And without those voices, it would probably be more difficult for us to go as far as we needed to go uh, in some of these instances. I I love that. And I think, you know, I always felt when I was, excuse me, advocating for change that I was doing my job and the person I was advocating to, they were doing their jobs, right? And my job was to try to move the needle, right? My job was to try to give as much visibility to the issues I was advocating for as I possibly could. That's what my donors expected of me, right? And to do so in a way that got through to people like you, Mayor, right? That actually enabled you to hear me and to really understand, you know, right, the issues that we're facing our community, for example, right? And to help bring to life the challenges that our community was facing as a result of a policy. And, and so I think that, uh, clearly I think that that's a, that's a very powerful voice in the orchestra of democracy and, and critical to your ability to sort of navigate the different needs of different constituents. Oh, absolutely. It, it is very critical because most of the, the, the power that you get to do these things that you want to do rest on the people's will and ability to see, to see those things into fruition, right? And if you don't have the support of people to get these things done, then it fails. It, it fails, right? At the end of the day, democracy is about giving agency to people's voices, right? Right. On on either side of an issue or, right? And I think that that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. So let's let's bring this to life for just a few minutes. In so many of the initiatives that you've created, community seems to be a centerpiece. Perhaps because you grew up here, you know that, and we've been talking about the voices of people here mattering so much to you, and that you also believe in the power of partnerships. I wondered if maybe you would talk for a moment about an initiative that you are particularly proud of that bring these values of community and partnership to life that also involve a a nonprofit organization in the city. Yeah, I think there are uh, many instances. One is the guaranteed income where we sat down with at least 15 nonprofits in the beginning to really figure out how we should do this and who we should target and where we should raise the money from and if it's something that we should actually be engaging upon. So we did that, and and that that helped us uh, begin to identify about at least 400 people in the city that we gave us money to unfettered, no-strings-attached dollars, and we measured that. We're still measuring it. This is the last year we'll be giving it out for two years, a part of a mayor's for guaranteed income across the nation. Just the the lives and the stories that have have told us as a result of this money changed their lives was incredible. And, you know, nonprofits helped us, A, to come up with that, two, to disperse the money, three, to identify the people who who should actually get it and, and to measure it when it's all over, to measure the effects of it. So I, I would say that that's incredibly important, That something that we were doing. And, and the work around violence, the violence intervention and violence prevention is being solely led and executed by nonprofit organizations and some startup nonprofits that just begun in the city to do this work, built the infrastructure themselves to be able to get the, the 
to be able to get the agency to execute the things that we want them to execute. And it's been enormous for us. Uh, you know, and I would say that that is a, a, at least a, a dozen or so nonprofits are really attached to that and a part of uh, making that thing happen for us. What I heard in that story, Mayor, was the notion that the nonprofits were a part of the whole journey, right? Yes. From the very beginning, right? Ident- needs, ident- needs assessment to identifying the clients to helping the city to measure the impact, to presumably make a case for support to continue right. the program, right? That is that is not, I need city government to write me a check so that I can X. Right. That is, you are my trusted thought partner. You know this issue better as well as I do, if not better. Be my partner and build this with me. And I think it stands as a, an ideal model for how nonprofits should be thinking about city government, how it should be thinking about the, um, you know, working with the private sector and their needs and values that really, if you think bigger, bigger things happen. That's right. Yeah. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah, there you go. Perhaps your administration has had a challenging relationship with a nonprofit or two, sure. and I wonder what what would make that non that relationship challenging. And f- for the purposes of our listeners, what might that nonprofit have done differently? And you know, you can obviously talk about that in the abstract, but you know, any lesson about what not to do can also be really, really valuable for nonprofit leaders who may be listening. Well, I think the key to any relationship period is just communication. And and that's a- incredibly important. So the, the inability to communicate, even with people who you are, like you're challenging or pushing. So they have to communicate. You have to communicate what your objectives are, what your what the end goal is for you, what your interests are. And ultimately, our interest and end goal may be the same. We may be the tension may be and and the contention may be around the steps we're taking to do, get there or people believing that you're not doing enough or whatever it is what we can be what we can do is begin to talk about the some how we move forward you know with the things that we can move forward on and continue to struggle around the things that that we have issue with and there's nothing I think people have a problem with doing both at the same time. People believe that because we disagree means that we have to be disagreeable. We have to walk away from you. Like my father used to say, there's 10 items. We might agree on eight of them, but we always focused on the two we don't disagree on, that we don't agree on, and then we walk away and nothing gets done. There are eight items on the table that we agree upon. Let's execute those and get those accomplished. We could struggle around the two. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm right. Whatever it is, we can struggle around it too until we get to a point we can finally agree. Or maybe we may, we may never agree. We, we may fight on those forever, right? I'm sure there's some things, you know, you and your partner, we're going to fight about these things forever. But there's some <laughs> fundamental things that we agree with, and we should be trying to make those things happen more than anything. But I think communication is, 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 is the key. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, in listening to you, Mayor, I'm also thinking about building and nurturing and cultivating a relationship 
right? Right. Is I'm not just telling you what I need. Right. I also need to hear you. And I, the key to a good partnership is, yes, being clear about what you need, but it's also about hearing the other person. Absolutely. Right? And, I, and I think that this, this notion of uh, moving from a transactional point of view to a relational point of view is something that, that nonprofits would benefit greatly from, is just really thinking, thinking about what are your needs and what are you, and to your point about the two, like what are the values you share? What are the things right. you do have in common and how do you build on those? I think we already, we initially believe like a lot of advocate and community-based organizations, like I was a part of it. So we believe that ultimately they believe from the beginning that you are completely opposed to everything that they want. And, and, and there's no way for me to really know that because I've never had a conversation with you. We've never had, we've never sat down and talked about any of this stuff. We just went at it, you know, which kind of puts barriers in a way to prevent us from, from ever doing that. Right. And I think all of it has to begin with the point of that. We have to communicate what we want and what we need from the very beginning and how we share or not share uh, some of those items. Then we can go to our corners. But at the end of the day, we have to meet in the middle. The Nonprofit Leadership Lab is led by Joan Gary and is the world's best online community for leaders of small nonprofits. Learn how to raise more money, build the board of your dreams, grow a large audience of supporters, and so much more. To learn more and request an invitation to become a member, please go to nonprofitleadershiplab.com slash podcast. That's nonprofitleadershiplab.com slash podcast. I have two last questions for you, Mayor, and then I'll let you get to some ridiculous schedule you have. Advice. I'm a nonprofit leader. I'm really trying to grapple with how to, you know, sort of how to affect change, how to work in the service of my mission and interact with city government. How can I be the most effective partner if I'm a nonprofit, if I'm a nonprofit leader in Newark? Now, what advice do you have for me about how I can be the most effective partner to city government? I think that you have to really focus on and be committed to what your, your objectives are and what you're trying to do. You have to be focused and committed to that and actually become an expert in getting those things done and accomplished in a very small area that you're in to be able to do that before you can even expand. Just do that and do it well. And when you can do that well, the city will rely on you to get that done, right? Because you, what you have to understand is like we plow in the streets, big streets, but variable, variably some streets we can't get down because they're too narrow. And we need smaller vehicles to get down those streets. And if you own one of those smaller vehicles and you can get down those streets for us, you will be doing a great service to the city and the hundreds of people who live in that community at the same time. But if you could do that well, then you can partner with the city. So I would say work on the delivery of, of your service, be committed to your goal and objective and get it done. And never think that what you're doing is too small for city government, right? Because some things we need are small in your mind, but big to us. I, I love everything about what you just said. I, and it also speaks to the importance of a nonprofit leader to really focus, to do the thing they do the best they can do it. 
that oftentimes, whether it's funder demands or board demands, nonprofits' vision, sort of landscape or portfolio of programs grows beyond, right? And they do too many things too shallow as opposed to fewer things deep. And I, I think, as I think about snow in Newark this winter, I will think about this conversation and I will hope that the nonprofits in uh, Newark are, are building those small plows because you need them. One last question, and it has less to do with something specific. It's about public service. So my last question to you, Mayor, is you have been drawn to public service. You've been a community or, I mean, you have had your, your DNA is about public service. I believe that's true about folks who raise their hands to work at nonprofits. And I think in that you are very much kindred spirits with every nonprofit leader, board or volunteer who might be listening and who live in the good city of Newark. And I, I want to go back to what we said at the very beginning about what you learned during the pandemic. And one of the things that that has struck me in these years following the the terrors of the pandemic is how hungry people are for meaning and purpose. And, you know, the great resignation probably was about many, many, many different things, but it it is hard to imagine that much of it isn't about my life is short and my life needs to matter. Right. And, and I think that there is, there are far too many people here's I'll get my soapbox out and then I'll put it away and let you finish this up (laughs) that there are a lot of people sitting in the stands mayor who, and then there are all the people you just talked about who are on the field. And I believe that the public service offers meaning and purpose. It is what people are looking for. And I just wanted you to just sort of leave us with some final observations about sort of the the joy and privilege that you experience as a, have experienced low these many years in the world of public service as a way to remind the people who are listening that this is a field people really want to play on. They just need to be invited. So I'll let you have the last word about mm. sort of mm. observations about the joy and privilege of public service. Yeah, I think the, no, no matter how difficult this job becomes, how trying and days that I wake up and feel like I want to stay in bed, I get out uh, because it's the best job in the world to be able to do the things that I get to do in the neighborhood that I grew up in and community that I lived in all my life. This ability to transform what's happening, to be a band leader, orchestra leader with a whole bunch of people that are doing incredible work on their own. Right. And it wouldn't even work. The band, the music wouldn't even sound great without without them being in it. Just giving them the opportunity to play on larger stages, to make sure that the work that they've done or have been doing in their community has a chance to reach more people. And the sound becomes more more becomes louder, more perfect, even in the work that we're doing. I don't look at the job that I do as like me creating things from nothing. I look at it as my ability to put what everybody is doing together so that we can make one beautiful sound. And that's the joy I get out of it, you know, every single day. And to, you know, talk to young people who are struggling in school to give them the opportunity to get a way out. Kids who would never have a chance to go to college to find them a a way to get there, to use their wit and their will 
to get to college. They just need resources to get nonprofits to organizations of young men in a community who were settling violence by themselves to get them to build it into a nonprofit and then make money by taking something they do naturally and turn it into a business that provides support for everybody in the community. It's like, it gives me unimaginable kind of happiness to see those things take place every day, just the work that we get to do collectively, even taking problems that would tear people apart, like the lead service lines and, 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 and water, and turning those things into triumphs is like a work of art, right? And it's, and it's something that you can't do. I cannot even claim to have done that alone. I get embarrassed when people give me the credit for it. Because ultimately, there are thousands of people, hundreds of people who participated in this, from nonprofits to, you know, regular individuals who helped make this a reality for us in the city of Newark. So it's just amazing. And I would tell people to get involved and keep doing what you're doing, you know, no matter, you know, the what how big you think it is, it's always big in somebody's eyes. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I I love that. I think that there really aren't small things, are there? Right when it comes to, you know, the 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 thing you do might be feel small to you, but it's it's I just don't think there really are small things when it comes to having an impact on repairing the world in ways large and small. And I I will close us out by just saying that you hear a lot of people talk about the dearth of leadership in our society right? That I just always think they're looking in the wrong places, right? You just talked about it. Those regular people, they're not regular people, really. They're leaders in their communities. They're people that have said, you know what? I'm not going to sit on the bench. I'm going to go play on the field. And what a privilege it must be to be an orchestra leader of a a huge band of leaders who are doing their thing in the service of making Newark more fair, more just, and more beautiful. That's a, that's a job worth doing. It is, absolutely. It is a job that you are uniquely suited to do. And for that, the folks in Newark and the ripple effect that your work is having across the country, we are all lucky that, that you raised your hand and said, count me in, I, I, I want on the field. So, Mayor right. Baraka, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Um, thank you. I really appreciate everything that you're doing to, to really have an, to have an impact and to really turn our towns into communities and to realize, help people realize that the person who lives next door to them is actually their neighbor. So thank you very much, Mayor Baraka. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that you found this thought-provoking. I hope you are taking good care of yourselves, and I will see you next time. Take good care. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. I hope you found the conversation valuable as you navigate the messy world of nonprofits. Check out all my other resources at joangary.com. Hope you find them helpful too. Lastly, thank you for the work you do to repair the world in ways large and small. I'll see you next time.